Hi, everybody. This is Brie Luganbill of the Compassionately You podcast. And today we have our first interviewee. Her name is Megan Seeley, and her business is the Gold Designer business locally here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So today we're just going to talk a little bit about her business, but also more about body image and self-compassion on her perspective. So Megan, tell us a little bit about Gold Designer. Okay, well, so I like to call myself an anti-productivity coach. So I work with moms and the last thing any of us need is to hear that we need to get more and more and more done because we already have so much to do. So I like to say I'm, I'm the antithesis to that. So I'm an anti-productivity coach and I actually teach my moms how to use paper planners to do less for everyone else to make room for themselves. We all need someone to help us with that. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was telling her before we started recording, I recently bought my first paper planner. It's been about a decade and I'm excited about that. And it's just like our paths crossed now. So I cannot wait to talk about it more with you. Can I, can I ask what your, which planner you bought? Oh geez. So one, it's still in the trunk of my car. It's been a week <laughs> since I purchased it at Meijer. I believe... Don't even know the brand but it was just on sale for the back to school but it's got the weekly like paragraph layout but then also the monthly calendar so <laughs> probably like one need or something is yeah, the yeah. brand <laughs> tell us more about um so you do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well with your clients yep so i do one-on-one -on -one coaching and i do newly group coaching um and so in that we match you up with your perfect planner because there are so many out there and there are so many that feel like they're pretty much the same thing but then they're a little bit different and it's really hard to tell the difference of like what what will work for you and what will actually make the impact for you mm -hmm. and so I consider myself a student of planners I like to read about them in my spare time I like to know about them and so um, I just have this unique matchmaking ability where I just ask you some questions and then I can spit out this is the planner that you need so I do that for my clients I have that as a standalone service as well um, if you don't need the coaching with it but then I teach you how to use it and how to be consistent with it because that's the other piece so you need to find the perfect planner and then you need to be able to use it and keep using it or else it's going to just sit in the trunk of your car and <laughs> yes. never get used and then you just end up in this vicious cycle Yes, the good intentions of wanting to use it and wanting to plan better. But then I think we do need to relearn or be taught again once we get into adult life how to use a planner and which one is best. So your services are so needed. Yeah, I mean, I, I used a planner in school because that's what you do. That's how you keep track of things, or at least I don't know how they're doing it nowadays. School was a long time ago for me, <laughs> um, but that's what I used to do. Um, at first, we were forced to, I remember, in middle school. They, they gave us all planners, and I can't imagine they'd have the budget for that anymore. But um, And then I used one in college, and, and then I stopped. I entered the workforce, and then it was all Outlook and Google, and um, I just stopped, and I didn't really have a need for it. And then I had my daughter. And I had a lot of need for it, and I was very surprised by that. Um, so I was diagnosed with something called Graves' disease mm -hmm. shortly after my daughter was born. 
Um, and it's an autoimmune disorder of my thyroid, which means that my thyroid is hyperactive. So my brain doesn't think it's producing enough hormones, and so my thyroid keeps putting it out. Um, and so that the symptoms of that are, there's a ton of them, but the biggest ones for me were my heart was racing really fast, and I had very manic tendencies. Mm-hmm. So if you have heard of bipolar disorder, the manic and depressiveness, yeah. um, I would have the manic part of it and never come down. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> and so I was a stay-at-home mom with my daughter for a, for a while, um, and my husband would come home, and I had this legal pad, I remember, just a legal size paper pad of just like tiny little manic handwriting of all of the things I wanted to do that day. And none of it would have gotten done. And I would just be sobbing every day. And my husband would be like, why? Why are you putting this pressure on yourself? And this is before I was diagnosed. So I was like, I don't know, but I have to do it. This is like, I can't not do it. I have all these things and they have to get done. And I have to have a system and I have to do this. Um, and so that's actually where my planner came in. So mm-hmm. I, I was looking around for a planner that I could use and um, that would kind of help rein in that that little manic manicness a little bit. And so I did. I found one. And then after I was diagnosed and I got on medication, it became a lot easier to not overextend myself. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of my personality anyway. So... It's been really helpful for me to just kind of relearn how to live my life and structure my day. And it's something that in your 30s, you feel like you should just have that down and you feel like you should know everything about how to live your life. And I'm finding that it's completely different. It's different as a mom. It's different in your 30s for some reason, like as as in your 20s. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where planners came into my story and why they mean a lot to me because it really my planner helped pull me out of a very dark hole yeah so yeah well and it helped to have it seemed like it helped to create a space to have you to be able to house all those thoughts but in a productive way that it will get done it's not just this list on a legal pad that's like and I do the same I felt like I when I had my son I went through a similar, I remember recording just like the exact time every time I did breastfeeding with him like over and over again and I'm like why was that so necessary to know at like 4.37 a.m. till like 4, like 50 a.m. that's exactly what happened, you know. And which side. (laughs) Yes. And yeah. But anyway, to pull it back to you, um having that planner that works best for you because everyone has a different mode and a different way houses those thoughts and makes them constructive in a way that will be productive and not overwhelming yep um so i think that's so needed it's so unique i've never heard of anyone having this type of business before and i am really excited about it and that we can kind of teach people here about it as well um Let's also touch again on, so you mentioned Graves' disease. Um, Kind of explain more about that and maybe your body image journey through discovering that diagnosis. So uh, as an autoimmune disorder, it's something that apparently I've always had, but has never, it, it was triggered 
So, like, it was always there but never active, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was triggered by stress. And my stress that triggered it was pregnancy and childbirth and being a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, if you're a stay-at-home mom, kudos. I had to put my kid in daycare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I could not do it. Uh, Partially because of... Because of the autoimmune disorder, uh, my doctor literally wrote me a permission slip to put her in daycare. Yeah. Um, because I had put so much immense pressure on myself. But um, the nice thing about Graves' disease, if we can put a silver lining on it, is because of the hyperactivity of your thyroid, it beads up your metabolism like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I lost all of my pregnancy weight. And I got down about 20 pounds under my pre-pregnancy weight within about four months of having my daughter, which I thought was because I was doing a great job, but really that was not the case at all. Um, I mean, I could eat like three slices of pizza and lose a pound in the same day. Um, And so they say rapid weight loss is something you should see a doctor about, but I was really enjoying that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I didn't realize that no, really, that's something that's very wrong. I think in, in yeah, in four months, I had lost 40 pounds. Yeah. Something ridiculous. Well, um, and in our society, that's something to be praised upon. Like, oh, wow, yeah. lose that baby weight. Yep. Oh, good job, good job. So it's something that is hard to see as, like, a red flag when it's... Yes, exactly, yeah. because it's like, oh, yeah, you bounced back really fast, and then some, and look at you. And But at the same time, everything else in my body was falling apart. Yeah. So... Um, I felt like I looked really great. I loved the way that I looked and I was actually really happy with it, but my heart was racing all the time. I was tired. I couldn't remember things. I was confused a lot. Um, just a lot of mental symptoms going along with the physical symptoms. And unfortunately the weight loss was a negative symptom in the long run. But, um, once I was treated, I started to gain weight rapidly. So in as as quickly as I had lost that 40 pounds, I gained it back, um, mm-hmm. which is a notorious side effect of the medication that I'm on. Um, and so it's been a struggle because not only did I gain back the weight that I lost, I've since then gained additional weight from then. And so I'm up quite a bit from where I was three years ago. And it's really hard because this is sort of my body now and I can do things to kind of negate the gain, but there's not a ton to do to lose it um, in any meaningful amount um, without drastic, drastic lifestyle changes. And that's just something that's really hard mentally to, to wrap your head around. Um, my, my doctor told me essentially sugar-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, um, caffeine-free, alcohol-free. Oh, my goodness. Um, those were, That was where she found that her patients had the most success, like maintaining a healthy weight. And so for me, it sounds so silly that like these things would be deterring me from not doing that, but they do uh, because it, to me, I just, am, instead of giving, quote-unquote, giving up a lot of the things that, I have in my life on a daily basis, um, it became more important to me to just start accepting who I am as I am. Yeah. Um, And so I think the healthy weight will come Mm -hmm. uh, with time, but it's been really interesting to work on 
who I am inside and how I feel about myself in this body that I do not like. Um, and honestly, I have become more okay and more self-accepting of myself in the last two years than I have in my whole life. Um, even at the heaviest I've ever been and the least active I've ever been and just essentially at the unhealthiest I've ever been, I am more comfortable in my skin than I ever have been. Um, and that just is a lot of personal development and just understanding that who you are has nothing to do with the way that you look and the way that you look can't come first. And I've found that a lot um, in just trying different things that if I'm just going to try to change something based on how I want myself to look, it's not going to last, it's not going to stick, it's not going to make a real impact on anything but how I look. Yeah, because body will always fluctuate and change. Mm -hmm. We will continue to age. And I mean, even when you eat a meal, to when the meal is out of your system, your body like fluctuates at least five to 10 pounds, I've noticed. That's just how it is when you eat. Um, And so, yeah, I think that that is so wise to just say um, to our listeners because it isn't about if we're going to constantly think about how we look and that's going to be a reflection of how we feel about ourselves internally, we're going to constantly, it's, it's going to be a hard battle. Yep. So, yeah. Oh. And I also feel like when you go through a chronic medical diagnosis, it really does change you so much. And um, I think at first, I know with my own chronic diagnosis, I think at first I was like, oh, I have this heart condition. I got into like a little bit of a depressive state and like, not just woe is me, but oh man, why me? But then it does kind of shape you for the better. Like you said, this has been probably the best you've felt about yourself personally um, the past two years. So yeah, it's, it's insane because I don't know that I would have my business without my illness. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would feel the way that I do about myself without my illness. So it's interesting because it's probably one of the worst things to happen to me, but it's also paved the way for some of the best things to happen to me. So it's, it's kind of interesting in that, in that aspect. And I know I've talked to several people with other chronic illnesses and they, Mine is more of an invisible disease, Um, and so most days you wouldn't guess that anything was wrong with me, Um, but I could take a nap anytime, anywhere. (laughs) Uh, Chronic fatigue all the time. Um, So, but yeah, I get constantly people that are like, how do you do it? How do you make yourself keep going? How do you make yourself do it? And I don't make myself I like I said earlier I just sort of have an internal drive that that makes me do things but I I really because I plan my life and I plan my day and I make goals and I I just make time to do the things that are important to me um, I'm able to do it and I'm the planner is important because I'm able to schedule in space and time when so that I know there are there's usually a full day every week where I just shot and I can't do anything meaningful. And so instead of filling every day up all day, I 
space my stuff out and I give myself realistic amount of things to do and when I hit that day and I know I'm not getting anything done I just stop and Mm -hmm. I don't push it because I know that's my body telling me you need to slow down you need to rest and it's frustrating when you compare to where you were before your illness um when you could just push through and it would be fine but now you can't do that and you have to live your life in a way that you can accommodate for those days in um, accommodating for that day because you said or you can't do anything meaningful and I would almost push back on you and say having an accommodating to your body for that day to say have that whole day just be for you is meaningful because you've worked in self-care day and more than self-care because it's really more like this is physically what I need right now and I'm listening to my body and accommodating it that way yeah. So that is a meaningful thing and task. But I know us as entrepreneurs, as well as like women, we want to keep doing, doing, doing. Yeah. And so when we don't do or we just do for ourselves, it's hard to think of that as like a meaningful thing. That's true. That's very but, true. So I guess productive would be yeah. a more of a better term. But yeah, because, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's been a, it's been hard. I've had to really force myself. And, you know, you have all... Everyone has those days, too, and it's not just with chronic illness, but everyone has those days where you're just not going to get the things done that you need to do. Um, But instead of just giving ourselves permission to just not, we try to push through it, and so we don't do good work. We feel bad about the stuff that we did do. We feel bad about the stuff that we didn't get to. And meanwhile, you could have just saved it for the next day and just (laughs) taken a nap or gone out and done something for yourself or gone shopping or something that feels really frivolous um, because that's what you need and that's what will make you feel good. And so that's been a big shift for me in the last year is just if it's not coming naturally, I want to do what's easy. Like if it doesn't feel easy... And not to say that hard work isn't part of it, but if, yeah. if the path forward doesn't feel easy and there's a lot of resistance to it, I just don't. I just opt out. <laughs> yes, yes. Very well put. Um, so I have one question I'd like to leave our viewers with. Um, so what is one or two or three, however many tidbits of advice you'd like to give, to someone who might have a chronic medical condition or even a loved one, someone who has a loved one who has a medical, um, chronic medical condition, um, what's something you would give them a word of advice on coming from your experience? So my biggest thing would be give yourself the permission to opt out when you need to instead of pushing through because you probably can't push through and that's okay. You don't have to. Um, So that would be my biggest thing is just Find the space where you can just say, you know what, this does not have to get done today. This is not urgent right now. I'm going to do this tomorrow, and I'm going to rest today so that tomorrow, when I can pick things back up, I'm going to feel better. Um, And the other thing is to not let yourself get lost in the despair of it all because it's hard. It can sometimes be hard to, I guess, see the forest through the trees and you just are focused on your illness. 
Um, but I think it's important for you to set goals and set things for your future. And even if they feel lofty and like things that you aren't necessarily even close to being able to get to do right now, I think it's important to set the goals and then take one step forward every day or every day that you can. And sometimes you'll take a step back and sometimes you won't take a step at all, but just keep going forward. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Um, thank you for your time today, for your wisdom and your knowledge and just being very open and vulnerable with us about these topics because it's through true community and um, awareness that people are impacted and change happens. Um, so I want to leave our viewers with places they can connect with you. So um, website, Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff. All right, so you can find me, um, my website is thegoaldesigner.com, um, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, yes, everywhere, at The Goal Designer. Um, and then if you are a mom who's out there listening and planners make you excited and uh, rallying around a community of other moms that like planners or like the idea of planners make you excited. I also have a Facebook group called Moms Reclaiming Their Time Guilt-Free, where we talk about how to use planners to do stuff for yourself. That's wonderful. Well, thank you once again, and um, everyone go check out Megan Seely, the goal designer, and um, if you have any questions, comments, feel free to email her so and connect with her all right thank all right. you yeah thank you and this has been um compassionately you uh podcast by brie lugenbell